We're in the midst of a healthcare revolution. Digital health is breaking down barriers for patients and providers, changing the way we do business, regulate healthcare reimbursement, and deliver care. From telemedicine solutions to medical devices to AI to innovations we can't even name yet. It's taken years of dedication from innovative leaders to pursue healthcare progress. How did we get here? What's around the corner for digital health? Let's find out together in Trailblazing with Digital Health Pioneers. Welcome to Trailblazing with Digital Health Pioneers. I'm Dale Vandermark, a partner in the digital health practice at McDermott, Will & Emery. Joining me today is Dr. Karen Murphy. Karen is the Chief Innovation Officer at Geisinger, a Pennsylvania-based health system, and the founding director of the system's Steel Institute for Health Innovation. Karen has more than two decades of healthcare leadership experience in the public and private sectors. Prior to joining Geisinger, she served as the Secretary of Health for the Pennsylvania Department of Health, and also as Director of the State Innovation Model Initiative at the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation. Prior to her time in government, Karen served as the CEO for Moses Taylor Health System. Karen is also a registered nurse and has a PhD in Business Administration. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me today, Dale. It's my pleasure. Can you tell us um, a bit about your role as Chief Innovation Officer at Geisinger? Sure. So um, when I arrived at Geisinger four years ago, I was asked to start the Steel Institute for Health Innovation. So as you know, Geisinger has a longstanding reputation for innovation. But the board and the leadership was interested in really harnessing um, innovation with strategy and also supporting innovation throughout the enterprise. So um, we launched the Steel Institute three years ago. We have a um, digital transformation office that leads the digital uh, transformation across the enterprise. We also have an intelligent automation hub that we use uh, RPA along with artificial intelligence to improve business processes and clinical processes. Um, we have a behavioral insights unit where we um, apply nudge theory to encourage better decision-making for providers and patients. And then we have a care delivery, um, part, a care delivery care redesign uh, segment of the um, Steel Institute, Institute. And then finally, um, we have a division that works on uh, fresh food pharmacy, free to be mom programs um, that are all innovative approaches to social determinants uh, and population health. And then we house the uh, data warehouse for the entire and uh, entire enterprise and serve um, uh, analytics function for the health plan and the clinical enterprise. So it sounds like innovation at Geisinger is uh, something that impacts every aspect of the operation um, pretty broad in terms of a portfolio. Um, how are you handling that, uh, that sort of uh, breadth of, uh, of a portfolio? So it, it is broad and we try to stay focused. Um, we try to, uh, we focus our work only on problems. So we define innovation at Geisinger as a fundamentally different approach to solving a problem that has quantifiable outcomes. So if it's not a problem, we're not working on it. It has to be a fundamentally different approach 
um, which engages a lot of our digital work. And also we have to measure for quantifiable outcomes because Dale, you know, you cited a lot of my past experience. This job is really um, very difficult to, to um, very difficult work to produce meaningful results. So we try to produce results in the patient experience, uh, care delivery, and always keeping in mind total, uh, lowering total cost of care. Well, your that notion of addressing only problems, your your reference to digital health, I, I think, of course, also brings us back to um, our digital health practice, what we see. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, digital health and healthcare, and in particular, um, uh, focusing in on what it means to be solving a problem as opposed to, for example, simply digitizing an existing pathway to achieve a particular objective? I would like to talk about solely transformation. So the last thing we want to do is digitalize what we're doing today, because as you well know, what we're doing today is, is really not what we want to see, nor is it what our patients want to see. So um, when we talk about solving a problem, I'll use um, chronic disease management, for example. We recently launched uh, what we call Connected Care 365, and that is a platform um, that case management uses to interact with patients with chronic diseases. So, you know, the traditional care model, um, case management model for chronic diseases is a touch every month, every two months, um, very episodic and nothing in between. So this platform allows us um, to leverage remote patient monitoring, patient reported outcomes, and then ingest that data and use artificial intelligence and machine learning to provide new insights to us about how chronic diseases exacerbate how they um, how they progress, and hopefully we will produce better, uh, better outcomes and lower cost. So that's an example of the problem is chronic diseases um, and how we manage them. And um, it is a, it, it's an example of how, how we tackled the problem using, um, using uh, digital technology as an enabling strategy. Well, that's a, that's a fascinating example to me because it demonstrates how the use of information technology in healthcare can fundamentally change how we think about healthcare from those episodic events to something that's more ongoing and uh, uh, almost a minute by minute um, um, effort, um, which has huge potential, I think, particularly in the area, certainly in chronic disease management. Um, that transformation uh, in, in how we think about uh, care from a clinical perspective has a parallel, I think, also potentially in who delivers care and what the healthcare um, industry might look like. I mean, we're seeing, I'm sure you're seeing as well, of course, non-traditional healthcare enterprises like technology companies, retailers all entering into, uh, into the market, driving disruption. Um, what does this changing competitive landscape mean, do you think, for the future of care delivery? I think the industry has to begin to really learn um, from this disruption. Um, I think we have to disrupt ourselves um, in terms of how we're caring for patients 
clearly patients want a good experience, a convenient experience. Um, the simpler, the better. And um, I think it's gonna be incumbent upon us to almost create a parallel universe that I say, so you're always gonna to have to come to the hospital to have surgery. We're not gonna be able to do that digitally. But there are um, you know, many, many instances that we don't need patients to come to the hospital. And I think we have to get out of our heads the um, burgeoning parking lots and thinking that's the only way face-to-face -face, um, that we can care for patients. I think with the technology of remote monitoring, um, virtual health, um, virtual visits, I think we've pretty much proven that um, through the pandemic, clearly we've proven that we can transform how we care for patients and how we think of the approach to caring for patients. So as the traditional healthcare sector evolves and hopefully transforms itself in the ways that you're talking about, do you think there's uh, opportunity for what we call collaborative transformation between the traditional healthcare sector and some of these non-traditional healthcare players? I think there's always room to collaborate. I think it depends upon what the business goal is for the non-traditional players. So um, in terms of, you know, the we, they were going after the same, the, our markets are the same, the people are the same that, that we're um, going after, I think. Um, and I really think that's the way we have to think about it. And I think we have to go outside ourselves and, um, you know, the, our mantra is we have proven that we can transform in 24 hours because with COVID, we brought the health system down to its knees in 24 hours. So we always thought we couldn't do that because, um, you know, how do you change from this model to that model because you already have one going? Um, we've proven we can do that, but I think we can learn from those disruptors. And I think we have to really, um, bring in another level of expertise, of design thinking, and um, really up the game as far as uh, consumer preferences and really understanding what our patients want. One follow-up question on that. In, in terms of that thinking, you mentioned design thinking, kind of thinking all the way through um, a problem is sometimes how I think about design thinking. Um, and uh, working with information technology on the one hand and clinicians on the other, do you see at times a uh, difficulty in terms of the communication across disciplines uh, in the work that you're, you're doing at Geisinger? Do you have to um, call it moderate between the clinician's language and the technologist's language in order to find the the right pathway forward? I think the way we do that is in the design process. So it's really important that, you know, tech can do anything and tech people can do anything, but it's real, and we've learned by mistakes, quite frankly, um, that you really have to, you have to engage every stakeholder in the innovation, in, in the process that you're trying to innovate. Um, because if you don't, and you really have to take step one, it's not just launching with technology. It's huge education. It's huge change management. 
it's making sure that you're delivering something that the clinicians find desirable and advantageous for both their work and their patients. So it, it really, I think um, many times the rush to do the cool thing um, may get in the way of, it takes a lot of time to do it and do it the right way. You mentioned uh, before uh, the, the, the pandemic, what you learned as a system you were able to do, uh, perhaps even unexpectedly, uh, in terms of being able to pivot as quickly as you could. And I think we saw that throughout the health, uh, the health sector over the course of the past 18 months. Um, we also saw, of course, during the, at least the first waves of the, of the pandemic, um, uh, digital health, telemedicine, data analytics, population health management tools, really being developed and deployed pretty quickly and significantly. Um, what do you think uh, are the most important lessons we learned about the potential for digital health to improve healthcare during the pandemic? So again, I go back to the ability to tra transform. I mean, we innovated in a period of hours, days, not even weeks and months, and before our trajectory was years. So um, I think the speed at which we can um, at which we can deliver. I think secondly, we recognize that if done well, um, patients will engage. So we always thought, you know, and again, this is a lot of the industry telling us that we know our own stuff, but we really don't. I mean, until you go out and you really ask the consumer, but. Um, you know, I think we've we somehow isolated ourselves in uh, different than the rest of the world. We're we're always we use conversational AI every day. When when you call a retailer, when you pretty much call any anywhere um, in most of the economic sectors, um, but healthcare was slow to conversational AI. Um, that we stood up in. Uh, really days and was just so helpful to our patients, particularly during the times where we're getting 50, 60,000 calls a day. Um, so I think the big lesson coming out of the pandemic is that if it is seamless, if, it, um, if the technology is seamless, if it provides the patient with what they need, uh, they are very quick, um, very quick to adapt. And I think that holds great promise for us. You know, it's interesting. Um, there's been some talk about uh, over the years, not just in response to um, the focus on digital health solutions during the pandemic, but over many years, uh, discussion about, uh, call it the digital hype um, uh, or the digital health hype in healthcare. Um, due to, I think, sometimes the longer trajectories of some of those technology companies. But it seems that you've hit on um, an aspect of what we could call broadly digital health that uh, may not be a matter of hype, but maybe under the radar that information technology was able to help health systems pivot so quickly. Uh, it sounds like um, as, a, as a lesson learned, that's one that may be subtly under the radar for some systems. So I'm very glad that you, you, you brought that up. But it does raise the question on the clinical side, I think, do you think there is a sense of 
um, uh, excessive expectations about what information technology can do on the clinical side in healthcare? Or do you think that we are uh, generally setting expectations correctly? Uh, I, I think we have to wait and see on that, Dale. Uh, whether I think it, you know, we're trying to. Um, you you can't when you have a strategy that you know our mantra is making health easier, no matter what. Better health, easier, making it for the patient. Um, and I think we're going to be tested on that in terms of expectations and terms of, I think that's the difference when you, you know, I go back to that disruptor conversation because that um, is really, they're, they're very focused and they have one focus and that's the product that they're working on where, you know, you look at a health system and the complexities across the health system, the competing priorities. Um, so I, I think time will tell. Um, the, the one thing I think is different than other strategies of the past, we always talked about the strategy du jour. You know, we went through pay for performance. We went through um, a million buzzwords. They usually lasted five years and then they petered out. Um, this is here to stay um, in terms of how we really leverage technology to transform healthcare delivery, um, improve patient experience and uh, lower cost. This is here to stay. I think it's going to be all, all the winner and the exit in the winner will be the ones that can execute it in a seamless and uh, extremely um, time sensitive way. You know, Karen, that that raises a, um, an interesting question. Um, we've seen a lot of discussion about the di digital divide, um, particularly particularly as it pertains to individuals. But in with your experience, hospital community hospital CEO inside um, both federal and state governments, heading innovation at um, uh, a very strong, uh, well-respected uh, health system. Do you think there's also potentially a digital divide when it comes to the different, I'll call them subsectors uh, in healthcare delivery? So obviously we have still have tons of community hospitals out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and smaller systems around the country, uh, do we run a risk of creating some have and have nots within the infrastructure of healthcare delivery? Uh, I, I think definitely, Dale. I, I think when we look at the, the work is expensive, it takes an infrastructure of a, a specifically designed technological infrastructure. It takes skilled individuals, um, that have varied technical skills that you ordinarily wouldn't have in your IT department. Um, it's a very costly, um, it, it's very costly endeavor. And I think hospitals that, um, you know, standalone community hospitals, um, it, it's going to be very difficult for them because they too have competing priorities um, that they have to fulfill. So I think there's, I worry about the digital divide there. I also, because you know, I come from a community hospital and treasure what that community hospital can uh, deliver for the community. So I, I do worry about that. I think the other place I worry about it is um, we don't wanna create an, uh, the, a, another divide for the more vulnerable populations. So those that um, can't afford 
um, you know, to have a digital device um, or those that uh, don't have, you know, the a digital divide among age. Um, so, you know, if we figure out how to care for these um, chronic disease patients, many of them are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. I mean, we have to figure out how we engage their caregivers um, and their families so that we don't have a, a haves and have-nots. And then finally, the, you know, the rural-urban um, rural urban divide, we have to be mindful. Um, and, and I don't think the answer is to keep one on, uh, you know, our, the way we used to do it in, the one, in another way digitally. I think we really have to figure out with the digital strategy how we answer for those, how we solve for those problems. And in terms of that solution, um, I want to talk a little bit about reimbursement systems in a moment, but before turning to that, uh, getting back to that notion of collaboration, um, you know, over the years, we've seen all sorts of collaboration within uh, the healthcare sector and the delivery sector among institutions, uh, different portions of the you know, physicians and, and hospitals working together in various ways. Uh, when it comes to that digital divide, do you think there's an opportunity for new ways for health systems to engage with other health systems that helps to spread that uh, digital innovation um, in, a, in a collaborative way, um, much as we've seen over the years, some other collaborations work within, within the healthcare system? I hope so, um, because it isn't, uh, it shouldn't be a competitive advantage. Um, particularly whenever you're talking about care delivery. I, you know, I really think that um, there's a greater good here that, we're, that we have a mission to, to care for patients and communities. So I, I hope there's opportunities um, like that that would allow us to um, and allow us to collaborate. And, you know, it's always more, more minds together are always better. And I think in, uh, we will, you know, rise, the, the boat will rise. Um, if we're working together and trying to figure this out and how do we take care of our patients in the best way. So I don't need to note to you that reimbursement in the U.S. healthcare system is, uh, is very complicated uh, and, of course, drives a lot of decision-making um, uh, when it comes to how systems structure themselves and, and what it is that they do. Uh, over the years with digital health, there has been um, a lot of um, effort to uh, get changes to the reimbursement system that will be more supportive of uh, digital health uh, being deployed um, um, within the health systems, um, better access for um, the companies that are developing these technologies, but then also for, of course, individuals who may be tapping into them. Um, from your perspective, uh, what are the best approaches um, to the reimbursement challenge that we see for digital health? Uh, and then I do want to follow up with that and, and maybe you want to address these together. More broadly, as you think about innovation, uh, can you also talk perhaps a little bit about um, the kinds of innovation and reimbursement that you see as beneficial to healthcare independent of the segregation out of digital health as its own special unique function. So I'm a huge proponent of value-based care, particularly I'm a proponent of global payments. Um, 
I think as long as we're looking at should we pay for virtual visits, you know, should we pay? It, that's just another fee for service game, you know. And we have to think more broadly. Of um, we can't increase the total cost of care. Um, it, we're now at the point where um, the GDP for healthcare is compromising other uh, economic sectors to the to the detriment of the country, really. So we have to um, we have to think of healthcare globally and stop doing it unit by unit. Now at Geisinger, we have the advantage we have the health plan, so um, it works for us. We're paid the clinical enterprise is paid on a value based payment system, so it allows us really to um, it allows us to innovate and to transform. Um, and but I think as a country, if we really want to see that shift. Um, there is going to have to be a, a, a movement on the federal policy stuff. Uh, when you say global um, global payments, I just want to drill down on this uh, a little bit more. Um, so are you talking about um, a specific sort of global payment approach? Are we talking about, for example, um, capita capitated payments for a population? Um, or are we talking about uh, bundled payments around uh, episodes of care? Or are we talking about all of that, all, uh, all different uh, perhaps uh, um, elements of those all, all built within a system or experimenting to see which, which really do work the best? So I, I would say all of the above, but I particularly would point to the Maryland model um, that is on hospital global budgets. Um, Maryland has been in the test for years um, that with CMMI testing the hospital global budgets, and they've seen, um, you know, they've seen pretty significant decreases in cost. Now, Maryland is different, hard to generalize because they have hospital rate setting commission that's run by the state, but the principle of global budgets is that there is a pre, there is a predetermined payment not tied to volume tied to quality, tied to outcomes, and it allows and gives the freedom to really do the right thing for the patient in the right place without um, worrying about how many, um, how many heads are in beds. And I think moving, um, continuing to test, Maryland model isn't perfect. Uh, I did the same thing in Pennsylvania with rural hospitals. Those models are not perfected yet. But I think um, it, to all of you, to your point about paying for digital health, we're not going to get paid more. We have to shift where we're spending. And until we get to uh, a payment similar to a global budget, I, I think it's going to be very difficult um, because you're just incrementally increasing the total cost of care. And it would seem like as well with that, as you just said, I love the, the phrase that we have to shift what we're paying for that it seems like digital health technologies can allow us to more effectively shift uh, to make sure that what we're paying for really does produce the right kinds of outcomes and, and ultimately better health and, and, and lower expenditure uh, for health. And it sounds like some of what you're doing at Geisinger is, is, is looking at, at those sorts of solutions. Uh, you mentioned the chronic uh, chronic condition management um, as one of those efforts. 
are there other areas that you see that perhaps are, are ripe for uh, digital health innovation in that, in that same sort of a way? Sure, so hospital at home. Um, you know, we can treat a lot of acute disease, acute um, conditions in the home, leveraging technology and leveraging um, really the right resources. Um, and on a global budget, you wouldn't be worried about taking that patient home and worried that the DRG payment is higher in the hospital than it is in the home. So I think that's another, um, I, I think that's another example. Um, I think really pushing services out from out from uh, out from the, the campuses or the doctor's offices um, to do as much as we can virtually. I think for us to do that on a on a big scale, um, we're going to need we're going to need value based payment. The economics of of um, healthcare delivery have have been a challenge for a long time. Anytime we talk about uh, we talk about innovation, the shifts that you're talking about, um, uh, focusing more on uh, some things that we haven't been able to focus on. Uh, is there also then a potential for um, some fairly significant uh, shifting in terms of what a health system uh, do you think that we're going to start seeing a, a significant shift in, in what, call it a health system uh, footprint might look like in the world? Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, at Geisinger, we, we, we really think of community, of the population that we're serving, and very holistically, when we look at the social determinants of health, when we look at, um, when we look at uh, how we take down the walls of the hospital and really bring care to where the patient is. Um, so I, I really think that um, I really think that that's essential in terms of uh, transformation. And we really, you know, it used to be decades ago. You thought about the people in the hospital, right? You, you thought about and you had to work really hard um, to take care of the people in the hospital. And I, you know, I got a kick out of, um, I had an experience that my predecessor before I was the CEO said to me, he listened to, he came to a talk when I was secretary of health and I was talking about communities and population health. And he said, you mean now we, we were worried about everybody within the walls of the hospital. And now you're saying, take those walls down. And he said, he said, it seemed pretty hard to take care of the people in the, in the hospital. Um, and we were kind of chuckling about it, but it is the transformation to think about the health of the community and how, um, how we need to serve the communities. And also I would add the behavioral health component is so critical um, and how we used to think about that as a separate sector. And now we think about it as integrating into physical health. So, um, you know, the world has changed in, um, and I think for the good, we could talk a lot about um, the problems and the challenges we have, but I think healthcare um, is really evolving in a much better, uh, much better way. Well, it sounds like you and the team and the team at Geisinger um, are really leading the way in this regard. Certainly that broad perspective you have on what innovation means deploying digital health uh, tools throughout the system in various ways 
focusing on problems, not just trying to replace pathways with, with uh, their corollary on the digital front. Um, that's the kind of transformation uh, I think that uh, is going to drive us uh, in the right direction. So Karen, I wanna thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a great conversation. Uh, I've enjoyed it so much. Um, your insights on digital health and healthcare transformation, not surprising to me, very interesting. I, I know we could continue this discussion for a long time, but I think uh, I think we have to we have to close. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dill. I always enjoy the conversation. Thank you. To learn more about Geisinger's work in health innovation, visit geisinger.org. To learn how McDermott can help you transform healthcare delivery, visit mwe.com/telehealthtransformation.